0: Listening
1: to the Living Living Room North podcast. What is up, Living Room? How are you guys feeling? Good. So, I don't know if a lot of you know this. Lexi, the beautiful woman who was just on stage, aka one of my best friends, is like deathly ill. And she sounds that good. Like, that's a miracle. She's incredible. She's wonderful. My name is Allie. I always love getting to come to the living room because I honestly, when I'm here, I feel like I'm just hanging out with my people and my friends. And if you have been coming for a while, you've heard us say, we want this to be a home away from home for you guys, which in this season of college, in this season of young adulthood, that is often what we all want and what we're all looking for. I moved back in with my parents when I graduated from college. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have a home, like back with my parents. But um, as soon as I moved in, my parents informed me that they were redoing the entire downstairs. And I was like, okay, so I was gone for four years and I'm here for like a very small season. And then I'm going to be gone like forever. And you chose this very small season to completely rip out my home. Thank you so much, parents. So for a couple of months, I really didn't feel like I really had a home and I loved coming here. And that really wasn't fair because I was a pretty like good child. Like I went to a private school in middle school. So I was that stereotypical good private school girl. Um, Except for I have this like very strange memory of one time that wasn't true. And I was in like the sixth or seventh grade and I remember sitting Um, with my friends at the lunch table and my friend Shelly was right here and she went to take a sip of her water and all of a sudden I was like boom and her water like flew over there and I was like why did I do that and then like Shelly started crying and like ran into the bathroom and like all the girls ran after her and the teacher came up to me and I was getting in trouble and she was like Allie why did you do that and I was like I don't know, like I was just here and then all of a sudden it was, there was a puddle where Shelly once was and now everyone hates me and I don't know why I did that and I don't know what happened. And maybe some of you have had moments like that where you do something and you're like, I have no idea why I did that. And maybe some of you are like, no, Allie, I do bad things, I know exactly why I did them. But regardless of where you're at, here is the truth, is that we sin. And sin can be kind of a weird, churchy, scary word, but basically we live in a very broken world and you don't have to look very far to realize that. Um, We live in a world and because of that, we mess up. We hurt other people. We hurt ourselves intentionally and non-intentionally. And that's just kind of what we're living in. And so that's what I'm gonna be talking about over the next few minutes. And I'm not gonna talk about how to sin less, because in the words of my very, very dear friend, Hannah Montana, nobody is perfect, right? So that's not what we're going to be talking about. But what I do want to talk to you guys about is what to do after you sin. What to do when you've made that mistake. How to respond to your own dark things that you have done. Um, there's a few ways that we can respond. I have a list. Number one, we can minimize um, This involves just being like, it's really, like, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, okay, maybe I did that, but it's just like, I know I did that. I know I heard that person, but it's just really not a big deal. I mean, have you seen what they're doing? Like, have you seen her Instagram? You know, like, it's really not that big of a deal. And then the second time, the second one, rationalize. This one is my personal favorite. I am very good at rationalizing the mistakes that I make. Just, you know, they made me do it. You know, they hurt me first, right? That is why I did that. Or, you know, ain't no ring, ain't no thing. Okay. That's why I did that. You know, rationalizing is something that we tend to do because we don't want to own up to what we've done. We want to explain it away. The third one, we like to internalize. This is a painful one. For me, this is the one that gets me the most is when I do something, when I hurt someone, when I do something that I know is not something I should do, I just stuff it. I just stuff it down. I hide it away. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. I just want to completely internalize my mistakes and my own sin so that I don't have to deal with it. And then the last thing that we try to do, we try to legalize it. If you have grown up in the church, if you have been a Jesus follower for a very long time, you know about Jesus. And so you know that Jesus forgives us for our sins. And sometimes if we're honest, we use that as an excuse. When we're deciding to do this or to do this, we're like, well, Jesus is gonna forgive me, right? Jesus is gonna forgive me if I, make, if I do this that I know I shouldn't do. And so those are four potential ways that we can cover our sin without actually dealing with it. And there's plenty more. There's This is not an exhaustive list of ways to deal with our sin. But for the next few minutes, what I wanna do is I wanna look at a king in the Bible. And he is a perfect example of what to do when you sin. So a lot of you have probably heard of King David. If you haven't, King David was a king of Israel and everyone loved King David. He was a great guy. He, when he was younger, he was a boy and he killed a giant and he got pretty famous for it because that's amazing. Um, But David wasn't always perfect. In the book of 2 Samuel, there's a story where Israel was in battle. Israel was at war, and for some reason, David wasn't with them. And so David was at his home chilling on his roof, and he saw a very beautiful woman. And he said, wow, she looks, you know, friendly. Um, I want to see her. So he got his people to bring him to her, and she ended up getting pregnant. And the problem is she was married to one of his officers, right? So David, freaking out, brought one of the, the officers back and was like, go hang out with your wife. And he was like, no, we're in battle. I'm not going to do that. So David ended up having this guy killed. And so here's King David. He's called a man after God's own heart. And he's sitting here in this mess and he doesn't know what to do. And so Nathan, a prophet at the time, came and confronted him about all of these things. And how he responds is the example that we need to take tonight about how we need to respond to our own sin. And he says, I have sinned against the Lord. This is David's response. When Nathan comes up to him and shows him all the things he did, he doesn't rationalize, he doesn't minimize, he doesn't doesn't blame someone else, he doesn't internalize it. He says, I have sinned against the Lord and he owns it. And then after that, after this process, he writes a psalm about this whole situation. And we're going to look at this psalm. It's in Psalm 32. And it's beautiful. I, side note, love psalms. I love psalms. I mean, the story that I just explained to you, that's in the Bible. Like, there's crazy stuff in the Bible. If you're not reading it, you're missing out. It's better than The Bachelor, I think. I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that, but there's so many things in the Old Testament that are crazy and extremely entertaining, and you should all read it because it's amazing. But also Psalms are amazing, and and for the next couple of weeks, we're gonna be looking at different Psalms. And Psalms, I love. I'm a pretty feely person, um, so the Psalms are pretty feely and artistic, and it's a way that I often find to connect with God. Because a lot of times when I don't know where to turn, when I don't know what's going on, opening to the book of Psalms and seeing the authors and the way that they were going after the Lord and the real emotions that they were feeling connect my heart with the Lord. So that was a side tangent. I didn't didn't know I was going to say that. Oh, this is fun. So Psalm 32, we're going to start in verse 3. And it says, David wrote, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. So like I said, these are very artistic words of David. And David wrote this after this whole situation, after he had sinned and after he had been confronted. And this is him explaining when I wasn't owning my sin, when I was minimizing or rationalizing or internalizing or legalizing or doing any of those things, you're not actually dealing with your problems and you're not actually dealing with the darkness and the sin that you've caused. And so this is what it, and this is artsy language for basically like, things were off. Like, Like, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation and you're like, I just really wanna feel God right now and I just can't and I don't know why. Or you're just walking around and it says, it literally says, my strength was sapped. I don't know if you've been walking around and you're like, I'm exhausted and I have no idea why. I've been sleeping, I've been eating, but for some reason, something is just off and I can't figure out exactly what it was. And that's the weight of our sin when we don't deal with it properly. And then David goes on to say, he, say, he says, then I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. This is a beautiful verse and a beautiful psalm because this is the concept of repentance. And repentance, when that is said in church, I think a lot of people are like, no, thank you. That seems legalistic. That seems scary. That seems like I could mess that up. And I just don't really want to have anything to do with that. But this verse 5 is explaining what repentance actually looks like. Because repentance is here's sin turning directly away from your sin and facing the Lord. It's turning 180 degrees. Yep, haven't done math in a while. 180 degrees away from the sin that was causing you all of the pain before and facing God. And it starts with acknowledgement. And for me personally, this is the hardest part because I don't like to acknowledge my flaws. I don't like to acknowledge that I'm imperfect. I have all, I am imperfect and I do have flaws, but I would rather not think about them. But it says, then I acknowledged my sin, which is going deep, going to the places that you've rationalized, going to the places that you've stuffed that sin inside and bringing it out and saying, hey, yeah, I did that. Hey, yeah, I hurt that person. And this is painful, y'all. This is not something that we like to do But if we don't wanna be stuck in the cycle of rationalizing and explaining our sin away, acknowledging is the first step. And then this last part is very interesting to me and I stared at it for a very long time because it says you forgave the guilt of my sin. And if David was here, I would say, David, why did you say that? Why did you not just say, and you forgave my sin? I don't know, but What I do know is that in between David writing this Psalm and today where we're sitting now, something amazing happened. And what happened was God sent his son to the earth to die on a Roman cross in our place. So that your past, your present and your future sins are forgiven forever. If you are a follower of Christ, Jesus did that for you so that you do not have to pay the consequences for your own sin. And so when David says, you forgave the guilt of my sin, I think that's the key. Because yes, Jesus died and wiped away your future, your present, and your past sins. But we don't always feel that way. I don't know about you, but I often feel the guilt and the shame of my own sin, even though I know in my head that I'm that Jesus' blood has covered me, I feel the weight of the guilt of my own sin. And that's what David is saying here. When you repent, when David repented, the guilt of his sin resolved. Repentance is not a legalistic thing you have to do to get to heaven. That is not what I'm saying. Repentance is a gift that God gave us in a tool to bring Him closer to us, to bring us closer to Him. So you're probably like, okay, so if, you know, Jesus came and wiped all the sins away, like you just said, why? Like, what's the point of repentance? It's because God wants two things for us. Okay, the first thing that He wants is a relationship. God wants a personal relationship with all of us individually, which Blows my mind because he is the perfect heavenly father. And I know in a room like this, the term father can mean a hundred different things for each one of us and we're all adults here. So at this point in our lives, we know that whoever our earthly dad is, is an imperfect person who has probably let you down. And the cool thing about God is that he is a perfect heavenly father. We were just singing, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. And that means he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never abandon you. He will never hurt you. He will never make you feel worthless. He will never make you feel unlovable because he's not only a father, but he's a perfect heavenly father. And when there's sin and when there's guilt and when there's shame, For me, it's hard to approach my perfect heavenly father. And that's why repentance was given to us as a gift. Because when you present all of your filth and your sin and your dirt to God, it's wiped away and you can be close with him again. And you can have the confidence to want to spend time with him and be with him because you're not so shameful and feeling guilty about what you've done. And then the second thing that he wants for us is freedom. Like I said, like, like David said, you forgave the guilt of my sin. God loves us and because God loves us, he does not want us walking around with a backpack of shame and guilt on us. He doesn't want us to be weighed down by the things that we've chosen to do. He wants freedom for us because he loves us and repentance is like I said, a tool and a gift to let go of the things that are weighing us down and the sin that we have chosen to do freely. But God has given us that gift to let it go and to walk in freedom and in a relationship with Him. Because it's not about... Boom. Okay, it's not about if you sin, it's about who you run to with your sin. So God is not a, oh no, I messed up, I hope my dad doesn't find out type of God. He is a, oh no, I messed up, I need to call my dad type of God. Because he loves us and he cares about us and he wants us to come to him with all of the things that we've done. And in the next few minutes, we're gonna sing another song. And it's a song and it's called, This is How I Fight My Battles. And we're going to stand up and I want to invite you in the next few minutes to do some work with God. Maybe there's something in you that you have never admitted to maybe even yourself, but especially not to God. And he wants to bring you freedom. He wants to take that off of you so that you can be in a close personal relationship with him, free from guilt and free from shame. And repentance, the word repentance can seem kind of like, I don't really know what to do with that, Allie. And so I want to give you two pieces of very practical advice. David, he was a talker. He was a, I'm going to say my sin to God out loud. And that's amazing. That is not really how I process what I do. And this is just free advice. This is not biblical. I literally take my notebook and I write down all of the things that I'm dealing with, all of the things that I'm stressed out about, all of the things I'm feeling guilty for, and I offer it to the Lord and in Sharpie marker over it, I write forgiven. Because that is a tangible visual way for me to see that yes, I've messed up, but God is so good and God loves me so much that he doesn't want me to live in this anymore. He wants to be close with me. He wants me to live in freedom. And he wants that for each one of you guys too. So as we sing this song, I wanna invite you to be really honest. To be really honest with God about what you're carrying, about what you're worried about, about what you're afraid of, because He wants to help you fight your battles. This life is a battle. I hate to say it, but it is. You've probably all figured that out by now. In worship, in repentance, in community, These are all gifts and they're all tools that God has given us to draw us closer to him and to be in a relationship with him. So I'm gonna pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you did not have to do all of these things for us. You did not have to send your son. You did not have to give us these ways to connect with you, but God, you did. And so I thank you for each one of these wonderful people in this room, Lord. You know them individually. You know what they're going through. You know what's been brought to their mind as I've been talking, Lord. And I pray that you soften their hearts, that they can offer it back to you and they can find freedom and find a close, close relationship, closer than they even thought possible with you, Lord. So thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. And we trust you with all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.